Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to Trapa History today. Um, we have a special guest, um, Kyle Petty. Before we get to that, um, I just want to remind you guys, if you're on Instagram, make sure you give us a follow, Perils underscore Psychofab, and also follow our YouTube page. Um, and shout out to Indian Motorcycles and Law Tigers for sponsoring Trapa History. Um, we couldn't do it without them. If you guys are looking for Perowitz shirts, go to Competition Distributing. It's competitiondist.com. They have our shirts and hats for sale over there. Um, there was something else. Oh, I thought I had a graphic, but I think I forgot to upload it. Our bike nights, Perowitz bike nights here are on the third Wednesday of June, July, and August. So you guys mock your calendars now. That will be, uh, the first one is June 21st. Will be the first Perowitz bike night. We have food trucks. We have a band. There's always tons of bikes, tons of people. It's a good time. So the third Wednesday of June, July, and August. Um, let's see. I think that's all I got. Dad, you got anything else? Um, I've got a 92 FLHS for sale. Real nice, clean bike stock. I uh, just did tires and went over the whole thing. Five hundred, great bike to ride. So let's get to our show. Um, let's add on Kyle. Hi, Kyle. Hey, you listen. Listen, your dad's trying to sell a bike, and you just blew him off. <laughs> you, you just blew that off. You just blew the, He's I got a nice bike. Yeah, so sure. Let's get the cow. Let's get yeah. the cow. Let's cut to the chase. <laughs> yeah. uh, how are we doing today? I am doing great, man. I'm sitting in. I am in the charity ride office in the motorcycle in our in our office. Yeah. And there are no boxes here. Everything is on a trailer headed to Salt Lake City. That's all. It, you know how it is at, at your shop. When you, when the shelves are empty, that's a good day, man. You're, you're waiting yeah. for stuff to come in, but it's a good day. It means you're doing business. So we're doing yeah. business today. I can relate 100%. You know, yeah. we're on our way to Daytona to do the paint shows or Sturgis. When the, when the shop is empty of boxes and the bikes are gone, I'm happy. Yeah. Good day. Good day. Yeah, I saw the truck and trailer left yesterday. Is that I saw that on your Yep, um, yep. Everything's everything's headed down the highway. I've had I've had uh people on on Instagram and Twitter and stuff that are sending me photos of it as they pass it going the opposite way or they run up beside it and take photos. So that's always a fun time too when when race fans are out there and they're taking pictures of your stuff. Oh yeah, yeah that is know, when our truck when our truck and trailer is on the way to events, usually we're passing everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to keep my insurance premiums down right now. I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to keep it down. It passed us about eighty. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, so we have yeah. heavy feet. Yeah, yeah that's it. my our, our trailers used to say, if this truck is driving unsafe, call this number. Who cares? You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, right, one eight hundred. Who cares? Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, Kyle, the ride this year is starts and ends in Salt Lake City. Um, I am antsy to visit the Bonneville Salt Flats because I haven't been back in a couple of years. So I, I can't tell you how excited I am to have some salt under my feet again. What, um, what are you looking most forward to? Okay, so a, a couple of things. Listen, I'm looking forward to going to the Salt Flats too. Um, and I, I really am. I've been out there just a couple of times. Never went. Sorry about that. I hit my computer. Never been out there when, when there was competition like you have. Uh, but I've stopped through there a couple of times. Um, we stopped one time and, and um, I will, I will say this, um, Dave, you'll appreciate this. This guy showed up with a car, showed up with a car that they took to the salt flats and they ran it in a two or three mile circle. Um, and they ran it and, and they ran it. I'm, I'm going to get all this wrong. The only part I'm going to get right is one piece. Okay. <laughs> They ran it with a with a driver. They put a driver in it, and they ran it in a circle. It just ran a circle. Um, this this car had to be twenty five or thirty feet long. It had two. They did it in the late thirties, early forties, something like that. Way back, it had two Cadillac engines with the cranks connected in in the engine. So it was wasn't an eight cylinder. It was a sixteen cylinder. But they were two separate blocks. Um, and the guy would drive it, and it had a huge steering wheel like a boat. And he would turn it all the way to the left 
and put a hook over it. And then he would go to sleep and it would just run in a circle. And then he'd wake up and he'd drive it a little while and then he'd go back to sleep. And he did this for 24 hours and it ran, it ran like 126 or 36 miles an hour continually for 24 hours and set some kind of crazy record out there. But so we've been through there a few times. I'm looking forward to going with you, Jody, and having you give us the tour or just explain to us what it's all about. Cause I am, I am looking forward. The other thing I'm looking forward to is Ely, Nevada is my favorite town in America. I, and I've said it a million times. It's right. There's a sign right outside of town that says it's highway 50 says the loneliest road in America. Highway 50 runs from the Golden Gate Bridge to uh, Ocean City, Maryland. And I've run that stretch of highway. I can't even tell you how many times, but it's 200 miles, 300 miles out through there. And you don't pass anybody. you got to carry some extra fuel with you, even on, on a motorcycle, to get to the end of it. Um, so Ely's cool. Uh, Vegas, I can take or leave. Uh, Cedar City's pretty cool. Cedar City is a pretty cool city, and so is Moab. So I'm looking forward to that. And in Tonopah, we're going to go out in the desert on four-wheelers. So I'm looking forward to that. But Ely and, and going to Salt Flats with you, that, that's my two big things. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the loneliest highway, too. I just want to take a picture in front of the sign. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, crazy story, crazy story. So one year, one year I rode back and forth from North Carolina um, to, to California seven times by myself back and forth just and for year? races and, and for doing stuff. So one year I left Ely um, and I'm headed out across, across Nevada there. And I see it and I look up ahead and I think somebody's walking in the middle of the road. And the closer I get, the closer I get, the closer I get, sure enough, there's this guy walking and he's got a, he's got like a giant, got a big jogging stroller, like a baby stroller. He's got all this stuff in it. So I, I went past him and I, I'm like, that's too good a story. I got to figure out what this guy's doing out here. So I loop around and I come back and he's walking across America. He had left the Golden Gate Bridge. He had a friend who had a child that was sick and he was walking across America on Highway 50 to raise money for him. And so I stopped and talked to him a little bit, you know, and just learned, you know, just what you're doing. How's it going? Uh, I, I took a picture with him with my camera. Uh, this is this is pre-social media, okay? So that's how long ago it's been. So I took a picture of him and some of that stuff. He took a photo, a couple of photos with me. He had a thing. So I come back the same way, like seven days later. So I start calculating in my head. He said he could go twenty or twenty-five miles a day. He's doing this. He's resting in the middle of the day when it's hot. So I said he should be right along in here. So I start looking for him, and sure enough, I find him. You saw uh, him. He's off to the side of the road. He's got a, he's got his his jogging thing and he's got a tent set up and he's laying up under it because it's the middle of the day. It's really hot. And I stopped and uh, I said, man, I just want you've made a lot of progress. And he said, man, hell, I didn't know you were Kyle Petty. And I said, what do you mean you did? <laughs> I said, I just stopped to see how what you were doing, man. He said, I sent those photos when I got to Ely. He was on the other side of Ely. Now he said, when I got to Ely and had internet, I sent those photos to my family. And my family said, what you doing talking to Kyle Petty? How did you run into Kyle Petty walking across America? So his family were big race fans. It's weirdest story ever. Don't get me wrong. I know. But that's the kind of stories you get on a motorcycle. You guys know that. Yeah, yeah definitely. That's a, that's a good story. Boy, I was just thinking as you were telling can you imagine what this guy's version of the story is? Like, you know, here I am walking in the middle of nowhere and I meet Kyle Petty. Like, how yeah. cool is that? It, listen, it is crazy. When you get out there, when you get out there, Jody, and when we start down that highway, I want you to just think, my gosh, what was a guy doing thinking walking across here? I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's incredible. I would imagine too, it's hot that, you know, and you can only carry so much. Like, yeah. what did he do? Like, what if he ran out of water? Yeah, you know what? He had that cooler, or he had a he had that baby stroller, and I don't know how much it weighed because it had big, big, you know, bicycle tires on it, so it was easy to push. But he that he had that baby loaded down. <laughs> yeah, going downhill, I'm sure he jumped on it and rode it downhill. But going uphill, I didn't. I wouldn't want to be him going uphill. I will say that. Uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Good story. So yeah, so I'm looking forward to um, the Salt Flats. Obviously, the loneliest highway. Which I won't be lonely because I'll be with uh what 125 other fellow riders in our gang, um, and and I'm also I'm looking forward to doing it with my best friend. I'm looking forward to doing it with Lena Fairless. So yeah. it, it should be a really you. good trip. 
Yeah, that's right. But you know what? And honestly, and you you know you know this from going last year. Um, she may be your best friend, but there's a, there's still two hundred other friends that you have on this ride. That's the cool part about the yes. ride. Is, is it is the people we talk? You know, the motorcycle riding. Everybody comes because of the motorcycle. The motorcycle is the common denominator that draws us all together. That makes us want to go do things and makes us want to be out there without a roof over your head and and seeing the sky and everything that's going on. Um, but once you go on, once you do it with with a group like this, it's the people that keep you coming back. So, uh, I and listen, I told you last year, you're you're a lifer now. Once you yeah. go, what it's it's like, man. We set the hook. We set the hook. Mm, got it. Got it. Now she's yeah. back again. Yeah, I was excited when um, they sent out uh, the the team directory. And it like had everyone's pictures. And I was like, oh man, I can't wait to see the luggage guys. <laughs> I know. I had more fun with them. Like, you know, they just like when I brought my luggage out, chit chatting away with those guys. Like, I can't wait to see everybody. Yeah. And uh, listen, that's it's like, you know, it's it's like a high school reunion every year. It's like the first day of school. You just go back, everybody, everybody kind of picks up the conversation and falls in again. You go again. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you think, Dad, how many people do you think are still on it that when you did it? Oh, geez. I don't know. Kyle can answer that. I did it yeah. in 99. Yeah. So, um, you know, yeah. I, I know that, uh, uh, well, John Krishna. Yeah. 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 How about Maury? Yeah, Maury was there. Maury, you know no. what? Yeah, Maury was there. Maury was there. Listen, when your dad went on it, we were begging people to go on it. That's a, that's a, so we didn't have the crowd that we have now because we we were we were stopping people on the street. You got a bike? Come ride with us. Come ride with us. That's all, all we were trying to do. It's it's one of those. So here's what I and let me explain it to you this way. So in those early years, that first year we had 35 people in 95. That's all that's all we could talk into it. 35 people. The next year we had a few more, and it began to take off a little bit. Um, but, but it's kind of like, you know, we wanted, here's what I wanted to do. I wanted the very first year, the very first year, I wanted to call it the 99th annual Kyle Petty charity ride across America. I, I wanted to start with the number 99 and I wanted to count backwards because I felt like the number 99 gave it credibility. Like, man, they've been doing this 99 years. How cool is that, man? So I, that I always wanted to, I always wanted to do that to just back it down. So those first few years we were trying to build some credibility. So we were like, how many people you got? We might have 60 people. We'd say, man, we got 300. We got 300 people. We're gonna be, <laughs> we would, we inflated everything just to get people to buy into the hype. Um, but now, you know, and you know, Joe, there's 200, 225 people, you know, with the luggage guys, you mentioned them, the hotel group, uh, the doctors and the nurses that go with us. The uh, and then you got the bikes and, you know, some of the bikes are two up. Um, so, you know, you got 125 or 30 bikes. That's about all you can really control over yeah. over that many day a period. So it, it's still it's a lot of people to, to keep moving. Morgan and Morgan does a great job. Denny, Jenny does a great job of telling everybody we're coming to your town. So that gets people calmed down a little bit. Uh, so they already know we're coming, but it, it's turned into something a little bit bigger. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll tell you, when I went on it, it was the most organized ride. I couldn't even believe how organized it was. You know, we knew where we were going to stop for gas at two o'clock on Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. And, and it was. And then, uh, you know, of course, I built that bike uh, for the ride, the, that Road King. And I rode it across. And then we uh, we went to your farm. And yeah. uh, uh, Willie Nelson was there. Oh, yeah. Do the concert. <laughs> and uh, and then we did the auction. Right. Yeah. But when we were doing the auction and uh, I was up on the stage with you and, and, and the rest of the people. And uh, there was a guy in the back that kept bidding and it got up to, you know, forty five thousand or whatever it was. And um, I don't know if you remember this or not. But and, and so Patty says, OK, come on up here. <laughs> comes up on the stage and he's got no shirt on I cut off jeans and no shoes that's there's your sign here's your sign right here right? and so patty says to him uh okay uh how would you like to pay for this and he says oh kyle's giving me the money and she goes what are you talking about oh kyle said he was gonna buy it for me and at that point we knew there was a problem. Yes. Yes. So the second bidder ended up winning it. And they, yeah. 
hustled them off the stage. But yeah, that was uh, quite a deal. I, you know, so the two things I remember about that were, were about that day was exactly that. That guy, and I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, I guess when you open it up to a, a group of fifteen thousand people, you're gonna you're gonna have crazy people out there bidding. Yeah. So was that was exactly that. That guy came up there, and, and I mean, they, he just got off the truck somewhere, man. He yeah. just they just they just got he just yeah. got out yesterday. He was in yeah. he was in an institution somewhere yesterday. Yeah. So he just got out. So he comes up there. The second thing that that happened that day, and I'm I will tell you this. Day. And you remember the day. I mean, it was a, it was a good day. I mean, pretty weather and all this stuff. Yeah, it was beautiful. So the thing was over with. Everybody was leaving. Everybody's going home. And I get about six or seven state patrolmen, and they come down there and they say, "Hey, man, we we we'd like to we want to talk to a, have our photo taken with Willie." And I said, "Okay, let me let me knock on the bus and go up in there and see if he'll come out." I know. So exactly. I knocked on I knocked on the bus door, and he they opened the door, and it's like. Yeah. <laughs> Willie, some state patrolman out here want to talk to you, man. Yeah. He's like, give me a minute. Give me a minute, man. Give me a minute. <laughs> you know, I got a picture. I have a picture of um, you and Richard and me and Willie standing next to the bike. And, man, all you can smell is weed. You know? <laughs> the picture you can still probably smell like it on the picture, man. That's, yeah. what, that's kind of the way. It was strong that day. I can tell you that. That, that was a big day. That was a fun day. So Kyle, tell us. So the the um, Kyle Petty Charity Ride is raising money for Victory Junction. Tell us a little bit about Victory Junction. So Victory Junction um, is a camp in North Carolina for children with with serious medical conditions and chronic medical needs. Um, and and what we do is is so in two thousand, my oldest son uh, Adam was killed in a racing accident in New Hampshire, and we had talked about we'd been to a camp and and in Florida during Biketoberfest uh, with Bruce Rolfsmeyer. We'd ridden over to, to Boggy Creek and been a part of his ride. He did a ride uh, over there to help raise funds for that camp. And, um, you know, a Adam just thought that was the greatest thing in the world, seeing this camp. Uh, not long after that, his accident happened. And during that same period of time, I had been fortunate to drive some sports car races with Paul Newman um, and had gotten to know him. So uh, when Adam's accident happened, you know, people were like, man, you, you, let's do this or let's do that. How are we going to do a memorial? We want to do this. And the memorial thing was the last thing on my mind. Um, but all of a sudden it just dawned on us. Let's build a camp. Let's build a camp. Adam, Adam enjoyed it. He wanted to do a camp. Um, so I called Paul and, you know, Paul came down and talked to us and uh, we started the camp and the camp's been running. This is our 20th year for the camp, 27th year for the ride, uh, 20th year that the camp will be open. Uh, we've seen over a hundred, the camp has touched over 115,000 kids. Wow. Um, totally free, totally free of charge. That's what the charity ride does. Now we are the largest continuous donor, uh, to, to the, to the victory junction camp. Uh, we see kids with, um, certain forms of cancer, uh, gastrointestinal disorders, uh, craniofacial disease, uh, certain blood disorders, asthma, diabetes. A lot of these kids spend 20 or 30 days or 40 days a year in the hospital. That's how sick they are. But they come to camp and they can uh, do a ropes course. They can swim. They can fish. They can do everything another kid, any other kid can do at any other camp. It's just under medical safe environment. Um, it's under the serious one group of camps. And I think there's seven or eight of them in the United States now. There's, you know, um, what is it? A uh, hole in the wall gang is up in Connecticut, uh, up that way. And that that's the original camp. And it's modeled after that. Yeah. Now, where is the camp? It is in it's in Level Cross, North Carolina, the center of the universe. Uh, yeah. That's that's where I'm from. Uh, so it's in Randleman, Level Cross. It's, my dad had some land and he gave us about 60 or 70 acres of land uh, on the backside of his property on another another little side road. And um, yeah, listen, we're from the country. These are roads. These are not streets. These are roads. So it's a side road. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so we built the camp over there. Uh, so kids, we've seen kids from all 50 States and from seven foreign countries. Uh, so we're, we're pretty proud of, of wow. the kids that come and during the ride, uh, you know, a couple of kids came out last year, Jody, and this yeah. year we're going to have three or four kids that'll come out during the ride this year to just say hello and talk to everybody. And it's kids from all over, correct? Yes. Yes. They're, yeah. They're all over. We North built the Carolina. camp, you know, the camp was built. It's kind of, it's kind of like your business. Okay. And, 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 you know, we built the camp um, for North Carolina and, and basically South Carolina and part of Virginia. 
and thought we would see kids from there. Um, but because of, of racing, then you race in California, you race in New York, you race all over and, and race fans begin to know about it and they wanted to send a child they knew or something. So we started seeing kids from all over. And, it, and it's just like your business. You started in one area and the next thing you know, you're shipping stuff to California and to Seattle, Washington and down to Florida, you ship everywhere. So it's not just a local business, it becomes a national business. And that's kind of the way camp was. We started it as a local camp, uh, but it became a national camp. We were, and let, let me say this, I'm a, uh, it was just named one of the 90 best camps in America uh, in Newsweek at, magazine. So that's a, that was a huge honor for us uh, oh, yeah. to be named one of those camps. I'll bet. Is, um, is there a way for like our um, viewers to um, make a donation to the camp? Yes. Yeah. Listen, you can, you know, any, anytime, any, anytime you can go to Victory Junction, uh, victoryjunction.org. Uh, okay. And find out how to to make a donation, how to volunteer time, um, how to. I tell people all the time, this is this is the kind of camp we run. When you're from North Carolina, this is what you do. We will take any any donation. If you've got a pig, we'll make barbecue. Send it on down, baby. <laughs> Send it on down. We'll take any donation. That's the kind of charity we are. Uh, because anything that makes the the days better for these kids, that that's a big deal for us. Yeah, wow, that that's great. You know, it's a it, Great to be able to do that. Well, uh, you, know, you know, we've done a lot of charity stuff, and it's pretty gratifying when you can, you know, see where all the money goes. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that's, listen, listen, if anybody knows about charity and, and that part of it, it's you guys, it's your family uh, and, the, and the industry you're in. The motorcycle community is the most caring, giving community. Uh, of any community. Listen, I grew up in a racing community and started riding motorcycles because of Don Tilly and guys like that. And yeah. and the next thing I know, man, we're doing toy runs. We're helping a family whose house is burnt down. You're helping somebody else. You know, you're just constantly out there on the bike doing something to, to help make life better for somebody else. And that that is that's one of the things I think um, that was most gratifying to me to be able to to ride motorcycles and to be able to give back. Um, and, and know that everybody else that rode a motorcycle, you didn't have to sell them on the idea. They already had that idea. They already knew what they, what they, what they were capable of. So motorcycle community. Yeah. We have Kyle, we have somebody that asked, um, what about a child that is in remission, but is still going through surgery? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Always, always, man. We don't, here's what we do. We, we, we try to see now. I mean, I'm going to say this. We try to see the sickest of the sick children, you know, and, and because we move them to the front of the line. Sorry, because most of the time they get moved to the back of the line. It, it's it's like I tell people, these are a lot of kids that we we see at camp are kids that we see kids that have been that, that have, have the scars of being in a fire, of being burned. Uh, you see kids in wheelchairs with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, um, the kids that never get chose to play sports and do things. Those are the kids that get moved to the front of the line at camp. Um, and, you know, and, and I, I tell people this and I, and I say it about myself is, I mean, I went to school with, with uh, a little boy that had asthma and he could never play outside when we would play outside. And it's almost like he became known as the little boy with asthma, but his name was Tommy, but we never called him Tommy. He was just a little boy with asthma and they become their disease. When you come to camp, you, you get to be who you are. You get to be called by your name, Jody, Dave, you just, you get to be called by your name. So for, for us, you know, we want everybody to come. So even if we have a spina bifida week or a Crohn's week and the, and the child that you mentioned, if, if they can't come that week, we have what we call a hodgepodge week, a couple of those where we just bring every kid that can come to camp uh, and we try to make that happen. So yes, please have them just go to, to victoryjunction.org uh, and talk to the camp recruiters and they'll put them on the list and get them down there. Okay. Yeah. Um, so let's go, let's go back to the ride for a minute. So your dad is coming on, on the ride, the King. So how I, I know like age, you shouldn't ask how, how old somebody is, but how old is your dad? My dad's 85 now. Um, 85. He's, he's 85. Yeah. Man, he is so cool. Like he still moves. He still goes, he socializes. <laughs> He's so good with all the people that come out to our stops. Like he is such a good, you know, role model. Yeah. And 
but you know what? So it's, it's, it's funny. And that's the way we were raised um, is, is in most sports in most sports and especially uh, now today, um, you know, if you play for, if you played for the Celtics, if you play for green Bay, if you play for the Yankees, you play for an owner, there's a guy that owns that team. You know what I mean? That's, that's the way it is. And, and that's what it's all about. Um, when my dad came along, uh, they, they weren't guys like that. They were, they were not big time owners. You played for the guy sitting in the third row that paid $15 and bought a ticket. That's who you played for. Um, so when that guy came down, when the race was over with and wanted an autograph or wanted to talk, he kind of stood there and talked to him, uh, because you took a dollar of his money and went home with it. If you, if you had won the race or if you had done something. So, and then sponsors came into the sport and as sponsors came into the sport, it was, I tell people it's a, it's a vicious circle. It's like a sponsor make, and I'll use Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola makes a product. They want to sell that product. So they sponsor a race car to advertise it. So if I'm nice to the fans, the fans will buy that product so they can sell more products so I can drive a race car. So I'm nice to the fans. And it's just a, it's a circle, you know what I mean? Because they're the ones that end up paying that sponsor dollars. So that that's the way my dad's always done. And that's the way he's always instilled in us, man, is that, that guy that comes along, uh, help pay your salary in some way, shape or form. And that guy that comes along, um, could be you because I'm a fan of the sport too, man. I'm a fan. Uh, and as long as you're a fan of it, man, you just want to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so true. Um, Kyle, do you, do you miss racing at all? So I will say this. Um, so when you're, and I, and I tell people, I use this as an example. When I was a little boy, um, and, and probably I, I knew this is what I wanted to do before I even went to elementary school, that I wanted to be a race car driver. And when I was a little boy, I dreamed about sitting in a, sitting in a seat and hanging on to a steering wheel and racing. And at that time, racing my dad, racing David Pearson, racing Donnie Allison, racing those guys. That, 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 that was my dream. So one day you grow up and you actually, if you're fortunate and if you're blessed, you actually get to hang on to that steering wheel and race some of those guys. And then someday that day comes when you don't get to do that anymore. You, you can do all the other stuff. You can go to the racetrack. You can hang out with the people, but you don't get to hang on to that steering wheel anymore. So that's the part I miss. I miss driving. You know, yeah, I, bet. It, it, I, I miss that piece of it more, more than still get to see the people, still get to hang out. Uh, but I miss the driving piece. Yeah, there's got to be some like thrill to it, too, where, you know, you it's it's you getting in that seat is like antsy, like. Here we go. You know, yeah. it's it's not the same as, you no. know, listen, getting in a hot rod on the street. Listen, I take it out on people on the highway. I just want to get in front of you. That's it. <laughs> I, that, that's the way I'm aggressive. I, I got stopped. I got stopped uh, for a, a long time. My mom was sick uh, for about six or seven years, and she lives about 90 miles from where I live now. So I bought a Prius uh, because it got like 52 miles to the gallon. And I would drive the Prius. Uh, don't be don't be doing that. Don't be doing that. Prius. Come on. Come on. Hey, listen, I was going to customize it and turn it into a Prius El Camino, but I just never took the time to do it. So I got I got I drove this Prius and I would, would drive it be, over 90 miles to see her and 90 miles home. So one day I'm coming home and a state patrolman stops me. And uh I pulled over to the side and um he came up to window. He said, license registration. And I showed it to him. And he said, No wonder. He said, that you are the most aggressive Prius driver I have ever seen in my whole life. He said, I stopped you for driving aggressive. And then I thought, who drives in a Prius that, that aggressive? <laughs> and that's my claim to fame, uh, being aggressive in a Prius. You know what I mean? That's like a Chihuahua. You know what I mean? Just, I, 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 I'm going after it, man. <laughs> yeah i i don't know that i would drive a prius i just i just can't <laughs> come on man come on we, if i make one into an el camino we're gonna go cross country in it. so if you made it into an el camino <laughs> would that be a crock oh yeah that would be yeah yeah half, half car half truck <laughs> um so your whole family comes on the ride your kids are adorable i can't wait to meet your littlest one this year because Morgan was pregnant yep. last year yep. on the ride. Um, and as well as your sister comes along. Um, 
you you I think it's so great that yeah, you guys are this huge notorious family, like you know, the petties, but you, you guys are regular people to and yeah. I mean that is just so cool. Like you you will sign anything for anybody, you say hi to people, you stop at random strangers on the loneliest road to ask them what they're doing. You yeah. know, it's it's very cool to be a part of your family. Well, thank you very much. And I appreciate that. But honestly, I feel the same way about you guys. You know what I mean? You're just regular people. You know what I mean? I mean, I've I've seen Dave's bikes and books uh for forever. Seen the paint, seen the 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 way he customized stuff. When I first got into bikes and stuff, and it was like, man, I'd love to be able to be a I, I always wanted to be a fabricator. Um, if I didn't drive a race car, I was gonna be a fabricator. I spent hours and hours welding and with an English wheel and stuff, making fenders for race cars for my dad and stuff. And I built his seats when I was 15, 16 years old. I started building the seats and the, the cars that he raced in. Um, so that was always big to me. So, and then I meet you guys and it's like, they're just regular people, man. They just, they just go and do the job. You just, the job you have, it just happens to be a job that people look to and admire the work you do and the craftsmanship you put in it and the things you do in life. And that's the same way with us. You know, I, I tell people, and I, I've always used this example. We grew up in rural North Carolina and everybody I knew was a tobacco farmer or a dairy farmer. Um, and that's just, that's where we grew up. Um, and we just happened to have a farm that raised race cars. That's what we did. We, had, <laughs> we were still farmers. We just had race cars, you know what I mean? But it's still that mentality. Yeah, You know what I mean? It's still that mentality. So that was, that, that is, you know, we, we have been very, very blessed to be in this position. Um, and, and don't ever think that we don't think about that all the time and never take it for granted. Yeah. Well, you know, we're people that just love motorcycles. That's right. You know, and like you say, that's the common bond. And, um, you know, I mean, that's, that's what it boils down to. You know, it's yeah. not because you're a famous race driver or I'm well, a, you know, it's because we all love motorcycles. Yeah. Yeah. It's that, you know, it's that, it's that, and that is the one thing. Um, and, and I, I, I tell people all the time, it's, if you have a passion, you connect with somebody else who has that same passion. You know what I mean? I don't care what your politics are. I, I don't care what yeah. your race or ethnicity is. Makes no difference. It's about the passion for what you're doing. Um, and that's why racing is the way it is. And that's why being a motorcyclist and riding motorcycles, that that's why it is the way it is, man. I fell in love with a motorcycle and I, 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 my dad got me my first motorcycle when I was five and a half years old. Um, he never, ever, never, ever did I have a go-kart my whole life. He never <laughs> allowed us to ride in a go-kart. He said a, a go-kart will get you hurt really bad, but a motorcycle will teach you respect for speed and your ability to control speed because it'll put you on the ground when you run out of ability. And he was exactly right. You know what I mean? When I was, I will tell you this though. 1971, no, 1969, 68, 69. Um, when he, one day in one of those years, anyhow, they gave him a Plymouth Roadrunner. And um, we would, my sister, I was, I would have been seven or eight. We drove it uh, to the end of the road every day to get on the school bus. We were the only kids that drove a, drove a car about a mile and a half. Uh, <laughs> little seven-year-old driving a car like this. <laughs> I'd get up, we'd lock it. We'd park it at the end of the road, lock it, get on the school bus, go to school, and then we'd come home and get in the car. But never had a go-kart. Could not have a go-kart. That's pretty cool. And yeah, I, I, cool. I think that, like what you said, it's a it's a passion. And so for, for us, for, you know, my dad and I, we don't think twice about it because this That's is right. what we love to do. And, you know, like you said, your farm just consisted of race cars. Our yeah. farm consists of motorcycles. You That's know, right. that's what we do so we do it i don't want to say naturally but we do it naturally because it's what we love i mean yeah. it's what we invest in it's what our business is it's what's provided us cool experiences and and life and yeah you know we're lucky to to do this stuff and share it with people yeah and when you when you love it when you love it like you do you never have a bad day at work Absolutely. Some days are better, but there's never a bad one, man. There's no, never, there's never I, a bad. And you never dread waking up in the morning and going in and doing that because that's what you love to do. Yeah. I look forward to going to work every day. Yeah. Every yeah. day. Yep. Well, good or bad. Good for you, man. Good yeah. For like you. we say, this isn't work. That's you know, right. We go, to, no. we go to the shop. Yeah. So it's, it's not work. I, I will tell you. So I drove, um, 
for a, a number of years, I drove for a guy named Felix Sabatis, and he built this big, elaborate race shop. Um, and he made me an office. He built me an office. And I had a desk, man. I had a couch, and I had this big case with some trophies and stuff in the, and behind it and stuff. And I'll never forget, man, He, we walked up the steps to this office, and he said, here's your office. And I said, thank you. And he said, you want to go in and walk around? And I said, no. And he said, why not? And I said, because once you have an office, it implies that you have a job. And I've never had a job in my life, so I don't want an office. So they used to have meetings in that office, Dave. I swear, they used to have meetings. And I would stand outside in the hall and listen, but I would not go in the office <laughs> because I never wanted a job. He was so mad. Every time Every time he'd tell somebody, he said, this is supposed to be Kyle's office, but he won't go in. I never went in at all. I drove for him for eight years and never stepped foot in that office. Jeez. Okay, so we have a question over here. Um, Mike Woodyshek wants to know what was your favorite track to race on. So, so <clears throat> I loved road courses. I, I will tell you that I loved. You know, we used to race at Riverside, Watkins Glen, uh, Sonoma. We only run a few when I came along, um, but Daytona was my favorite track. Um, and I think it's because there's so much history there. There's so much history for our sport. Um, you know, so much history for, for speed records. You know, Daytona, if you go back, and we were talking about Bonneville earlier, if you go back, Daytona was almost like the Bonneville of, of the first part of the century. Um, you know, they came from England, Sir Malcolm Campbell with the Bluebird. They came from England to run on the beach to set speed records because the beach was so wide and so hard packed. Uh, and then stock cars started racing on the beaches um, in the early in the late 30s. Uh, and then by the, the late 40s, NASCAR had been formed and they ran races there until 59 when they built the big speedway. So I think there was so much history there. Um, and and when you're a kid from North Carolina and you grow up in a racing family, you are led to believe until you're about 15 or 16 years old that the only place the Atlantic Ocean reaches the United States is Daytona Beach Park. So I, I, always, I always went to went to Daytona thinking, at least I get to see the ocean. So that was always that was always my best place. Yeah, I just recently, um, I, which I saw you at, went to my first Daytona 500. Yeah. Um, and what a cool experience. It's just I feel like it's so patriotic just being there and, and being a part of it. And I know, Dad, you've been there for a Daytona 500 as well. So it's on my bucket list. So it's cool that I got to go and do it this year. Yeah. Listen, I, I look up, I'm getting ready to do a TV thing. And I look up and there's Jody in the garage area. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, she's in the garage area. She's everywhere. So that was cool. It's always, and it's always cool when you go for the first time because you don't really know what to expect. So everything's new and everything's exciting. Uh, it's always cool for me after going to it so many years, it's always cool to go with somebody who's going for the first time. Because you see things new. You see things, things that you get jaded to all of a sudden are exciting again. So yeah. uh, I'm glad you got to go. That's 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 really that's a neat experience for anybody. Yeah, it was. It, it was really cool. And I mean, I used to go, I mean, Dad, how long has it been since you've been to a NASCAR race? I know. I mean, I was going consistently, I was doing, you know, I don't know how many races every year. Yeah. Um, you know, and I was spoiled, you know what I mean? Um, but uh, you know, uh I haven't been to a race now in probably, um, you know, six or eight years, I think. Um, yeah. You know, I just uh, I, I just did some stuff with a guy um, and uh, from ZMAX. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, he was saying, you know, geez, why don't you come to uh, Laconia, you know, uh, yeah, Loudon. Loudon. You know, yeah. sit up, sit up with us. And I'm like, yeah, maybe <laughs> I will, you know. Uh, I like sitting watching it on TV in my living room, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, I like I like watching it within arm's length of a refrigerator. Also, I will tell you that. Okay, so I I, I, will, I love that you still. Yeah, I, I love that you still call it Laconia because I call it. I, I I will refer to it as Laconia up there, and somebody's like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, you know, you know, the racetrack in New Hampshire. And they're like, that's, I don't understand. And it's, but because you've been going up there for that long. But I, last time, last time I really remember, and I know you've probably been to more races, but you, you brought your, I think you had a motorhome or something in Texas in the owner's lot there uh, one time with Bill Davis over there close to there. We left that night after, we yep. left one night, you were out in the parking lot because we left and we were riding to Phoenix. We left uh, Bill Davis, myself, 
Um, man, who else was with us? There, four or five guys. Kenny Strader was with us. We all left when the race was over with uh, and rode west because uh, we were racing in Phoenix the next week. But I remember you had a had a motor coach in there. That was uh, with in the lot for a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That that might have been the last time I was yeah. at Texas. You know, I was yeah. going to Texas as well when Click was around. Yeah. You know, uh, I went to you know the race in Texas pretty much every year. But uh, you that's, know, that's because Click. That's because Click was an ambassador for the for the Texas Motor Speedway because of Eddie Gossage, man. Right. <laughs> Of course, yeah. Click was just an ambassador in general for whatever he wanted to be an ambassador for. He was he could do it. Is is Eddie coming on the ride this year? Yep, Eddie's coming. Oh, they're, they're leaving. I think Maury and those guys are leaving Saturday. So I think they're leaving Saturday, um, and they're going to meet Eddie somewhere out um, in in Oklahoma or something like that. And then they're riding the rest of the way out to to Salt Lake. Now, is Eddie still running the Texas Speedway? Nope. He retired uh, two years ago. I think he retired two or three years ago. Um, oh. And man, he's just living the Eddie Gossage life in Texas right now. So uh, he's doing good. He's got a couple of grandkids, two or three grandkids. So um, yeah, he, you know, you can only take so much of that all the time. You got to get out of it at some point in time. Eddie was like, yeah, it's time for me to leave. So uh, he's retired. He's doing great though. He's doing great. Yeah. So we have another question. Somebody wants to know um, if you liked running at Bristol. And according to you, it was a fish pond. Nope. See? Okay. <laughs> now it's, let's play correct this. Okay. So, this, so here's the thing. So here's what happened. I love Bristol. I love Bristol. I have always liked Bristol. I liked it when it was asphalt. I liked it when they went to concrete. Everything about Bristol I like. Okay. The racetrack that he is referring to is Darlington, South Carolina. I used to say, um, I used to say, love the people, hate the track. Uh, they have a motto. Uh, they, they had a tagline that said, Darlington, too tough to tame. I had a bunch of t-shirts printed up that said, Darlington, too cheap to pave uh, because they would never <laughs> pave the place. And I got in a wreck there one day and I was so mad, so mad. I told them they should fill it up with water and have stadium bass fishing. Since stadium bass fishing was the <laughs> next great thing, they should have just stadium bass fishing. I still think it's a great idea, uh, but I can't get anybody to fill up a racetrack with water. But I, th I still think stadium bass fishing has got a future. Are you still racing? Are they still racing in Darlington? Yep, they run once a year. Uh, they went away from there for a while. Uh, they moved that race to California. They moved the dates, um, but they did something really cool when they came back to Darlington. It's a throwback weekend, so. What almost every team will pick a team from the 50s or the 60s. They'll paint their cars that way. They'll wear uniforms that way. So it's a little bit of nostalgia about uh, Darlington because Darlington's been on the schedule, had been on the schedule since 1950. It was the first super speedway that, that NASCAR had. So uh, they still run there once a year. Did they ever repave it? They've repaved that place. I think the place has been there 70 some years and they've, they've only ever paved the place like three times. Um, in 70 some years. Um, and listen, I know you guys got bad highways where y'all live. Okay. I, I've, I've been up there. I know. So yeah. think about a racetrack that you have to race on that gets paved once every 35 years. It's a rough place to run. Yeah. Right. Right. No, and, you know, Bristol, Bristol was always one of my favorites. Yeah. I love going to Bristol. Yeah. It's a fun you know, place. The first time I went there, uh, I was in the infield and Buster handed me some earplugs and I'm like, what am I doing with these? He says, you're going to need them. And it was true. I definitely needed them. Yeah. You need Bristol is so loud um, that even when you put earplugs in, when you go back to the hotel, it's still that, mm, that just that dull thud and roar inside your head, man. It yeah. is. It's like, it's almost like the, the, the noise. It's like being at a drag race. The sound is so overwhelming and it almost gets physical. It almost, you can almost feel it in your body. Uh, it hit me. It's a loud place, but it's a great race. It's always a great race. No, I always love that place. So speaking of um, rough tracks and um, bad pavement, you came to Sons of Speed this year in New Smyrna yes. during Daytona for your first time. Um, what did you think of those races, the antique circle track races? You know what? I think that, and, and I came home. Um, and I'm Don't gonna, tell me I'm nuts. No, I'm not. Listen, <laughs> I'm looking for a bike. I'm looking for a bike. That's how pumped up I was. That was quite possibly 
and I'm, I'm not, I'm not just blowing smoke. I, I, I told Billy this, uh, I told the people from Northern tools and equipment, one of the coolest events I've ever been to, to be able to walk around and look at the bikes and to talk to the riders and to talk to the people with the bikes, uh, the interaction with the fans, uh, because the fans were there to see the bikes too. You know, it's, so it's like, it is the bikes are the stars, you know, you get to ride them and you get to do it, but the bikes and, and, and talking to the people, it was a, it was a great event. I know we had a couple of accidents and things happen and, and, and you get into the flow of the show and stuff, but man, what a great concept and what a great event. Um, and I, I really, really enjoyed it. And I, I told, I told Billy and told, uh, Darcy, you know, from, from Northern tools and all them, listen, I'll come back anytime. I'll come back and wave the flag. I'll come back and be the spectator. I'm going to get me a bike. I'm going to come back uh, because it was just, it was just a lot of fun and the people are great. And, and again, that's what, that's what makes a great event anyhow are the people. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's just so unique, you know, yes. with going in circles on hundred plus year old motorcycles with no brakes. Yeah. I want you they, I, I thought about it the whole time I was standing there. Um, the no brake thing still messes me up. I'm going to have to say that the no brake. I rode one before everybody got there that morning and I got to the corner and I'm like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. What am I going to do now? You know? But, um, I thought about it while I was standing there. It would be incredible to, for me to, to go back to, and, and, and guys bring a 1950 Plymouth or a 1950 Oldsmobile, uh, and recreate that. And stock car racing, yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. with those flat, with those inline sixes that they ran and stuff. No power, they got no power. Um, but just to to watch those cars on the racetrack and to watch how they rolled over and to do that, it's the same way with these motorcycles. To watch the way these motorcycles, to look at the shock travel that was non-existent. Yeah. Um, you know, and the and the rigid. I mean, it's just it's it's absolutely. It was just everything about it was just over the top. It was so much fun. Yeah, it, it is very cool. And I mean, it's you got to retrain your mind yeah. to know that, you know, you might be able to go wide open on that straightaway. But when you come to that corner, you're not slowing down. So you yeah. got to hang. It kind of determines who's got balls and who doesn't. You <coughs> yeah. know. And here's the deal. Even though New Smyrna is a little bit banked, when you get to run at about 40 or 50 miles an hour, it looks like it's flat and like you're going to topple over the other way. Yeah. It doesn't look like it's got any bank in it. Yeah. Yeah, when you walk it down it, it's steep, but when you're on that bike, and I mean, I know, I, I think of it, I don't think of it as banked, you know, because I know that, like, I know where I got to be on that track going in circles, and it's, you don't even think about it being banked. So here's my, here's my deal, and I have mentioned this already, um, so I'm, I'll, I'll go ahead and throw it here. I'm trying to, I want, I want to, I want Billy and to hook him up with Marcus and I want them to run one of those at Bristol. Um, I'd love to see one of those things at Bristol, man. Yeah, I'm yes. in. I'll ride yeah. it. Because yeah. it's more, it is, Bristol is more like a velodrome, uh, more like what the the old board tracks were and, and what the bike tracks for, for bicycles are, but what the old board track racers were uh, for motorcycles and stuff. It would be so flipping cool to that see would. those bikes uh, that on would. that bank. Yeah. How old is Bristol? Like, what is has that track been around a long time? Bristol's been around since the '60s, since the early '60s, okay, uh, early mid '60s. Most most speedway, most race tracks, honestly, um, like Wilkesboro was was built in I guess the late '50s or so. Martinsville was built for us was built in the late '40s, but most of the places we run were built in the '60s or early '70s, and then there was about a 20, 25 year gap, and they started building them again in the in the late. Uh, they probably started building them again in the late nineties. California was built. Kansas was built. Texas. Some of those racetracks were built in the late nineties, early two thousand. Yeah. Okay. That racetrack, there's a new racetrack in Iowa. Yeah. Which oh, one? really? Yeah. yeah. Iowa of all yeah. places. It's, uh, it's outside Des Moines. It's probably 60 miles an hour outside Des Moines. It's, it's a copy of Richmond, uh, of the racetrack in Richmond. Um, so who did that track? Do what? Who did that? Who made, who built that track? Rusty Wallace helped helped uh, build it. The guys that I tell you who built it, um, you know the guys um, on Featherlight trailers. Yeah, uh, Conrad and Conrad. And those, yeah, yeah, Conrad, Conrad and those guys. His family built the thing. Yeah. So Conrad and those guys built it. So that they were the original investors. I think they finally sold it to. I don't know if NASCAR owns it. 
But NASCAR runs it. I know they run it now. They pretty much promote it and run it as one of their events. But but Conrad and his family built it. Yeah, I did a show there. Um, yeah. I don't know, five, me and Jay Allen, as a matter of fact, um, I don't know, maybe a couple of years after it was built. Yeah. You know? It's a nice place. Yeah. Very yeah. nice. It, it, it is. It is exactly what you think. It's like Field of Dreams. Build it and they will come. It's yeah. out in the middle of a cornfield. It, yeah. it honestly is out in the middle of, of, of corn country. But by God, when they, when they say they're going to have a race, whether it's an IndyCar, uh, whether it's a truck race, an Xfinity race, they pack them in from miles around to come to that place. Do they? Yeah. Yeah. So we have um, a couple of Sons of Speed races uh, watching on here, and they all say they're in if we go to Bristol. So yeah. We've got we to make that happen, Kyle. I, listen, I told Billy I was going to work on it. Uh, I've already mentioned it to Marcus, and I'm trying to figure out uh, when when we can sit down and legitimately like talk it out and thra uh, thrash it through. Now, we're not going to fill that place up, don't think, because it seats like 160,000 people. So I don't think we're going to get 160,000 people. Yeah. But there was a great crowd at New Smyrna. Great yeah. crowd at New Smyrna, man. I was I was yeah. totally blown away by how many people came out. Um, yeah. And and again, I, I love that event more than my Morgan. And you know Morgan. Uh, but Morgan got tired of me talking about it for about a week after. <laughs> so I all I did, bring it all up I did was wear my Northern Tool stuff <laughs> and have my Sons of Speed stuff. So it, that, it was cool. She, yeah. Morgan yeah. just said, hey, she didn't do that. She didn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll have to um, keep putting a bug in uh, Billy and Andy's ear about yeah, it. That would be cool to be on a track that has good pavement. Yeah. Is that me or you? So I'm trying to see. We got to, there was another question. Um, what do you think the good years were for NASCAR? What what were the best years for it? Yeah. So that's that's a good question. Um so I, I don't I think listen, it, it it it's it's a funny life. Okay. The good old days aren't as good as we remember them. Okay. And the best days we have are the days we're living right now. Okay. That that's just the way it is. It's what it's it's what you make of it. Oh, sorry, let me cut that off. It's what you make of it. So for me, I look at it. And um, for me as a kid, and I, I just go back to my kid because I think we all have fond memories of our childhood. But I, I was fortunate to be in the late 60s and all through the 70s to grow up with what I consider the golden age of the sport with my dad and David Pearson and Bobby and Donnie Allison and Kel Yarborough and Buddy Baker and all those guys that won 80 or 90 races. All those guys that just won all the time and raced each other hard and worked on their cars and drug them to the racetrack. And they didn't care if they got a dime. All they cared about was beating you that night, holding up the trophy and pointing at you saying, I beat you today. You know what I mean? And then they move on to the next racetrack. So for me, those are, those are my fondest memories um, uh, of the sport. And I, I think that's that, that's that age and that that's that group. And then it continued, you know, Earnhardt and Rusty and Mark and, and all those guys, uh, that's a different era. And then yeah. Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson, that's a different era. But the era that will always be special for me is the era of my dad and and all those guys that were my childhood heroes uh, that I watched. It's kind of like being a baseball fan. You just latch on to that one generation you grow up with that yeah. you watch when they're playing. And those are, in your mind, those are the greatest players that ever lived. Yeah. I, I think you told um, the story, Hers is Herschel McGriff that rode across which that do you can tell that story because it's such a good story. Yeah, Herschel on the ride with us. Yeah, Herschel. So Herschel's ninety six now, uh, ninety five, ninety six. Uh, Herschel is going to miss the ride this year, oh, okay, because he's that. ridden with us because his family is going on a cruise. Um, so he's ninety six and still out there just living life every day. But um, we did. So Herschel lived in Portland, Oregon, and when they built the speedway in. Um, when they built the Speedway in, in Darlington, South Carolina in 1950, he heard they were building a racetrack there. And he was a, a local racer, and he was like, I'm going to go race Darlington. So he took a, a yardstick, took a ruler, and laid it down on a map of the United States. And from Portland all the way across to Darlington, South Carolina. And then he, he traced the roads that were closest to the straight line because there weren't any interstates. 
So he traced the roads that were closest to, to the, to the, to the line. And he drove, he left Portland and he drove to Darlington, South Carolina. Um, and he entered the race and he ran the race and he ran ninth and the car that he drove from Portland, Oregon, he ran the race, he ran ninth. He slept in his car, uh, when the race was over with spent the night in his car, slept on the back seat of his car and got up Monday morning and turned around and drove all the way back to Portland. Um, and, and was in that very first race. And I laughed, I laughed about it when they, they inducted him into the Hall of Fame and I was doing some stuff. I laughed about it because I thought while I was standing there on stage with him, Hershel McGriff did that in 1950. And now he's in the Hall of Fame, the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Also in 1950, a 12-year-old Richard Petty stood on Pitt Road and watched his dad race in that same race. That's and he's cool. in the Hall of Fame too. Wow. So that, I didn't know that. that. that yes, yeah, so that that just fascinates me. You know what I mean? That wow. fascinates me that we're the sport is still so young that you can go back and tap into those things. But you know, when Herschel was there out there just digging, running ninth in the race, my dad was standing on pit road and saw Herschel do it. Um, and that that is that's crazy that they both end up in the Hall of Fame. What kind of car was Herschel driving? He was in an Oldsmobile. He was in an Oldsmobile. Um, and he said, he, he said he didn't think he was going to make it across country because he kind of ran out of money for fuel, even though fuel was like 18 cent a gallon. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. He spent every dime he had to get the thing across country. Uh, and then found a, a local guy who gave him a little money to run the race, to put some, put some gas in it. Uh, but he ran the whole race on one set of tires, um, and then turned around and drove home on that same set of tires. How cool. Like what a pioneer, yeah. Yeah. you know, that's. That's what's cool about that generation. I mean, I hate to say it, but that that wouldn't exist oh, yeah. now. Oh, you yeah. know, no. people, it, it, there's too much money in it and it's, yeah. you know, gotten too big yeah. where it's yeah. not grassroots anymore. Yeah, that's it. If you can't fly me there and, and furnish me with everything I need, <laughs> uh, then I'm not, I'm not coming. I'm not coming. That's the way the world is now. Yeah, I, I will say like when I went to the Daytona 500, I was thinking like, like some of the drivers and not to say anything bad, but they were like, like with these fancy shoes on and like, <laughs> it, you know, like $400 pairs of jeans. And I'm thinking like so much for like the Wranglers and cowboy boots yeah. and like these roughnecks that are out there. These guys have, yeah. you know, their nails are nicer than mine. That, that's right, man. Yeah. Listen, if you don't have on $500 jeans and, and the thousand dollar shoes don't show up, don't show up, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a different pair for every day. That's re- that's exactly right, man. You get a and you get a new helmet, and a new new uniform every week, man. Yeah. That's I I told somebody said, "Do you save any of your uniforms?" And I said, "No." I ran at a time when that thing stunk. By the time you got to twenty six <laughs> races, and you still had ten races to go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Yeah. So on the on the ride this year, um, I'm assuming Kenny Schrader is coming back, and R- Rusty Wallace is he coming as well? Kenny Wallace, his Kenny brother. Wallace, okay. Now, listen, listen, yeah. You are in, all I can say is you just be prepared. Just be prepared. So I really, I really enjoyed. So going on the ride, um, kind of by myself last year, um, I thought was awesome because I made friends with people that I maybe wouldn't have made friends with. And one of them being Ann and and Kenny. And I thought they are a riot. I laughed with them. They are a cool couple and what a great guy. And they got good stories. So, oh yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing more of their stories. Well, listen, listen, if you think Kenny and Ann were funny, wait until Kenny Wallace and Kim Wallace come because Kenny, Kenny Schrader and Ann won't be able to get a word in because Kenny <laughs> talks all the time, all the time. I, I'm, I'm telling you, man, um, it, it, this, you are in for a treat. This, you, this is, this is what NASCAR is. You are in for a treat with Kenny Wallace. Oh, all right. Well, Kyle, we don't want to take up um, too much of your day. I know you're busy and getting ready to leave. When do you guys head to Salt Lake City? We head tomorrow. Um, oh. Yeah, we're, we're headed out tomorrow. Morgan uh, and, and the three boys, Overton and Cotton and Devant, myself. Jenny's going out. Her mom's going out. Morgan's mom's going out. So there's a few of us that are going out tomorrow. Get everything set up. Um, the trucks get in on Sunday, and we unload everything and get the, get the command center and everything set up. So... Um, and people will start coming in by Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, okay. They'll just come out a few days early. They'll be riding in or, or just flying in for a few extra days. So 
everybody will start trickling in next week. And uh, by the next Friday, we have our kickoff dinner uh, and then kick it off on Saturday. And uh, again, I am really excited about this year. Yeah, I, I'm really excited. It's it's a cool route. I Like I said in the beginning, I can't wait to go back to Bonneville. It'll be cool to get some salt under my feet. Can't wait, man. Can't wait. Yeah. I, I would imagine, um, so I know this, so this is kind of a, um, if you've been to Bonneville, you know, so the beginning of the salt flats where the big sign is that says Bonneville salt flats, that's known as the boat ramp. And so when we go there, you don't want any water in the boat yeah. at the boat ramp. Um, but we have been there where the water is three feet deep. It's, oh, yeah. you know, so somebody had told me just recently that there's a ton of water at the boat ramp. So. Mm. I'm curious to see how flooded it actually gets. Yeah. But then again, if it's dry, I'll be ecstatic as well. So uh, I'm curious to see the condition in May. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Listen, if it's salt water and it's deep enough, you can float on salt water. So I'll float <laughs> out in it. I'll, I'll try something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to. Um, but if you get salt on your shoes, you got to make sure you wash it off because it's never ending. <laughs> Listen. If you get salt on your motorcycle, you got to do the same thing because it's never ending. Yeah, Dad, don't worry. I won't go out there on my motorcycle. <laughs> you know that every when we were racing, every vehicle, uh, trucks that went out onto the to the to the flats where we raced and came back took an average of twenty five pounds of salt with it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I we had salt in our truck. For a month after, I mean, yeah. I washed it and washed it and washed it, yeah. and a month would go by, and I'd come out in the morning and there'd be a hunk of salt laying underneath my truck. That's crazy. That's crazy. Aiming for aiming for puddles. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. We would pray for rain on the ride home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah remember that one year? Um, it was like a good six months after we had been to the salt. You kind of walked by your truck, and the tail light had all salt in it. <sighs> inside the tail light so i mean that that salt gets everywhere and it is it it is definitely long lasting Uh, we we need to let everybody know that before we get out there yeah i will i'll I'll warn them good i was a lot more concerned about my truck with the salt (laughs) and the bike because we took the bike apart every year you know yeah true true yeah (laughs) yeah it's it's pretty um pretty invasive but um, all right, Kyle. So this is um, here. If you guys want to um, check it out, we can. Here's a map of where we're going April 29th to May 5th. And you can go to kylepittycharityride.com to see where the exact stops are and the exact times of where we will be, when yep. we'll be. Um, if you guys want to come out and see us um, at one of these cities, there's all cities in between that we're stopping at. Um, so. That's where we're going to be. Here's uh, another thing, a breakdown of yep. the dates. So we're stopping for fuel. Yep. Yep. And the, the places we stop for fuel. Um, and here is a little bit of the celebrities, which, Kyle, how come I didn't make the celebrity list? I think you're on the back of the card. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put you on next year. I promise. I promise. Come back next year. I'll put you on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I might not be a nascar driver but at least i'm a race a racer yes you are yes you are that's a fact that's yeah a fact. yeah so um and that will be um kyle i'm i'm leaving on uh, monday so i'm gonna uh my bike's in santa fe right now so i'm going to head to salt lake city i'll be there either wednesday or thursday okay so I'm, I'm i'm really excited to get there and see everybody and just get on our way can't wait to see you can't wait to see right safe. okay yeah um, so I'll see you in Salt Lake City. And, and like I said, thank you very much for coming on our show today. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Great seeing you guys. Y'all yep. take care. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right, guys. So that was our show today um, brought to you by India Motorcycles and Law Tigers. Um, big shout out to Kyle for coming on today. If you guys want to follow us along next week and the week after, um, you can go to kylepittycharityride.com. And it has the exact route, uh, the times, and they are anal. When they say we're going to be there at 2 p.m., we are there at 2 p.m. So make sure you're not late if you're coming out to see us in, well, be like a week and a half. Um, 
next Friday, next Saturday is when we leave. So come on out and see us. If you want to make a donation to the Victory Junction, it's victoryjunctioncamp.org. Um, and like I said, thank you guys, everybody, for tuning in and, and commenting, asking questions. Um, I, I think that's it. Dad, you got anything else to add to it? Oh, it was a great, uh, a great show. Kyle is uh, an awesome guy. And um, um, you just see next week. Next week, you'll be doing the show from the ride, right? Uh, yeah, next week, I will be live from Salt Lake City. So, yeah, yeah um, from the start of the ride. And then we'll have to figure out what we're going to do the following week when we'll actually be on the ride, which Thursday of that week, um, Dad will be at the Legends Museum. So it'll be really cool to do it from there. That will be very cool. Yeah. So which I should have brought that up, um, that we're going to the Legends Museum right outside of Salt Lake City that Rick Salisbury owns. So I'm I'm looking forward to that as well. Yep. Okay. okay. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. And once again, thank you to Indian Motorcycles and Law Tigers for sponsoring Chapa History. Make sure you guys keep um, posting uh, comments, like, share. So I think that's it. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next week. Okay. See you next week.